Hello, you lovely lot, and welcome to the weekly Independent Spouse podcast. I'm Jess Sands, the founder of The Independent Spouse and current military wife running my own business, Design Jessica. This week, I've been chatting to the completely wonderful Heleth Kendrick, CEO and founder at Recruit for Spouses, a company that's helped over a thousand wives and partners of military personnel find employment. Since launching in 2009, the team at Recruit for Spouses have helped shape HR policy throughout the country. And Haleth herself has won David Cameron's Big Society Award, a Women in Defence Award, and was recently granted a fellowship at the Royal Society of Arts. She champions the talent of the military spouse community with the MOD. And with the team at Alexander Mann Solutions, she is working with Recruit for Spouses to pioneer the importance of spousal employment. Halef is obviously a very busy and popular lady, so there's the odd email ping throughout this podcast. But don't let that put you off. She's got so many wonderful things to say about military life, about government policy, and about the amazing women that she's met through Recruit for Spouses. It was great fun talking to Halef. So I really hope that you enjoy this very first and very special episode of the series. Hello, Halef. It's so lovely to hear from you. Hi, Jessica. Hi. Um, first of all, thank you so much for coming on the Independent Spouse podcast. Um, I've been so excited to talk about you this week because you've done some fantastic things with Recruit for Spouses. So if anybody hasn't heard of Recruit for Spouses, uh, could you give us a little intro into what you actually do? Yeah, sure. Okay, so Recruit for Spouses is a social enterprise. It it, it was created by me, a military wife, um, in 2009, actually, to help military wives and partners into work. So essentially what we do is we, we work with the wives and partners of our serving and ex-serving, um, and we also work with employers. So 2009, um, you launched the business. What was it that really prompted you to get going? I think um, I'd always worked, and I sort of got married quite late, so 35. And, you know, I, I'd, I'd always had a job, I'd always worked, and I always had some kind of identity, really. Um, and I felt that when I first got married, that um, the situation was that most of the wives on my patch at the time weren't working. And I started talking to them and just thought it was really unfair that there was nurses and doctors and surgeons and teachers and all sorts of different, from different work, walks of life, all who had a very similar story, which was you know, forget your career, um, you know, it, it, you may as well just hang up your boots now and, you know, subjugate everything and uh, we've lost everything. I just couldn't believe it. And there was some some really inspiring women. And I just thought, gosh, um, the chap I worked for years and years ago um, won the Olympics. Um, and he always taught me, you know, if, if something's not right, you change it, you fix it. And I didn't really, at the time, always sort of see myself doing anything massive. I just wanted to help those amazing women um, you know, who I was first talking to. And, and so I just, I just went about researching for the first couple of years, um, what was available, what wasn't available, what was around, what the wives needed. Um, and I just wanted a place where spouses could actually come and say, look, I'm really stuck. What do I do? Um, and, and here we are today. Yeah, it's true. I've noticed that we've got such a, a wide breadth of talent. And yet, for some reason, we tend to um, marry our partners and get sucked into this world where um, you get a little bit lost and you move house and your career sort of um, falls by the wayside because you are particularly um, employable. Do you think that that's because of the stereotype that employers think of us? Yes, I think um, I think. That's a really good question, actually, Jess. And I think going back a bit more, you know, so many people say to us, 
or you knew you knew you got yourself in for and um you know when you put that ring on your finger you knew you were marrying somebody in the forces but actually a lot of spouses don't know what they're, they're marrying and i think not what they're marrying that's the wrong way to explain it i think they they kind of know them you know quite often what you find these days is that you have a wife uh, a husband wife whatever partner and they meet their, their serving partner and they have no idea what it's like they, they have the idea that they would like to retain their career um but actually somebody's career has to give and you know we've met you know across the years we've met so many spouses who were both serving a partner and a serving spouse and one of them has to give i mean one lady um would said to me that she you know she was a military doctor and her and her husband her husband was a major and they sat down and they had to have a real frank chat okay who is going to give up the job who's going to look after the children because they couldn't do both um and i think that's something that the civilian world really struggles with trying to understand is well surely they could retain their career or surely they could do it part-time there's so many return to work programs but there is such a gap and i think the biggest uh, problem that we're finding at the moment is wives and partners who are subjugating their career so we're working a lot of the moment with wives who've been lawyers or barristers and but or even just starting a career. And I think um, so many things, so many barriers are put in the way, um, but we'll talk about that later. I mean, the barriers around, you know, sort of applying for a job or even just walking out the door when you've lost so much confidence is a big piece that we, you know, we really work on. Yeah, and I definitely found that I completely lost my confidence. I'd left my job and I'd moved away from my friends, my family. um, And then I was all of a sudden this married quarter and I didn't know anybody. And you kind of get lost along the way. So do you think that it is the spouse's job to develop themselves to get back into work? Or do you think there's a sort of support out there that could help them? As again, another really good question, because I think really what's the, the now it's a lot easier. There's a lot there's a lot out there, but still it's very, very difficult. I mean, childcare is a big issue. You know, you could be down in um, Aldershot one year and the next year you could be up in Kinloss in the north of Scotland. And it's very hard for teachers, for nurses, for midwives to retain their career. So we're as a business, you know, the, this interview um whoever's listening to it, I just hope they don't think I'm not trying to push my business because my main effort has always been to help as many military spouses into work. And yesterday we had um, some correspondence we, uh, with a Fijian wife who is our, now an ambassador. And she was on a course that we, we put on recently. And she said, it's so important that Fijian wives feel empowered. And I think that's a key message is that we feel empowered to do what's best for us and our family, whether it's stay at home, whether it's get a job, whether it's retrain, whether it's whatever it is, it's to feel empowered in yourself. And I think with this 100 years of suffragettes is, is very much around they've got to do what's right for their family. I remember sitting on the sofa and thinking, I can't do this. This is so hard. How am I going to live this life of not working, of being the wife of, 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 you know, having all the bills in my husband's name. Um, I just felt I'd lost all identity. And I, I, I still to this day put myself back in that, in that position of all those wives. They just have, sometimes it's taking a step forward, whatever step it is, it's taking that first step towards whether it's doing a university degree or whether it's just getting a, a you know, math or not just, but getting a math GCSE or starting your own business. There's, there's so much to be done around empowerment empowering um, each individual military spouse. Yeah, it's true. And that's what spurs me on, especially doing this podcast, is that I realised that, what, five years ago, um, I was just so miserable. I had 
kind of lost my way and I was literally my husband's plus one, which um, was a bit of a strange feeling for a woman who had a perfectly good career before then. Um, so yeah, that's why my business is such a good thing for me. Whereas other people want to go back into the workplace. So um, you've helped shape policy within the government. And do you think that as time moves on, the, uh, the view of the spouse is getting better? But yeah, I think it is actually in the sense that, you know, the work we did with, we, I mean, by the way, I don't necessarily believe that is true, but in the sense that I, I just have literally just been doing a job and then going back to the chap that I worked for years and years ago, I remember him, it was, he was an Olympic horse rider and there is value to the story. I, I'll tell you that. In the end. I remember he was marked when, when you're doing a three day event, you're marked out of dressage and it's similar to ballet and he was marked um, incorrectly. And I remember I was holding his horse and he said, right, I'm going to go and sort this out. This isn't right. And we all said, you cannot go to the judge and you cannot question the judge, the great I am judge who is, you know, the judge's decision is final. Everybody knows that. He said, no, the judge's decision is not final. You can change this. And that for me has been the case with me always is that everybody for years and years was saying to me, you can't change it. It will not change. It will not change. But I believed so much in the wives and the partners and that it has changed. And we've done a lot of work with central government. We've worked a lot with the Employers Network for Quality and Inclusion, which is essentially a guide to employing military spouses, which meant that every single HR employer had to read this very long document. It was 25 pages long around employing a military spouse. And it just, it sort of uh, destroyed that unconscious bias that was out there. There was a lot of um, people who, in, for example, recruit, recruiters who were in, interviewing um, a spouse and they would get these spouses in front of them and they didn't even realise they had that unconscious bias. But what this Employers Network for Quality, this ENEI document did, was it actually um, it made them believe that they can't do this. They can't, you know, when they're in, when they have a spouse in front of them. I'm so sorry. I didn't realise this would be happening. All these things in the background. <laughs> I believe that it, it could change. I did believe that there was a lot can be done, but there's still a lot to be done. There's still a lot of uh, spouses that work for the NHS. Um, there's a lot of work that needs to be done around there. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done around, um, you know, movement, um, subjugation of career, and actually confidence. And what you mentioned earlier about lack of confidence, we have so many spouses now who are really their confidence is so significantly knocked by the, the constant moves and the deployments and and this is one thing to, to remember is that we still have have partners who are going on deployments um very regularly for six months nine months you know the navy wives are still very much um working as single parents and i think this is something that the nation doesn't really understand is that we are still out there um children are still Having feeling the effects of their parents not around. We're still here feeling the effects of our partners who are serving abroad in very dangerous countries. Um, and again, we, you know, the nation knows little of this. So when a spouse is in an interview, she's she's got all these things to think about, you know, all these things of, oh gosh, you know, I've got to get Johnny to the dentist. I've got to, we're moving in three months. And gosh, I can't even think about going to an interview. I couldn't even bear to. So there's a lot of work that we do around with the employers, around preparing them for for that as well, which I think is, is key. And there's still, still a lot of work to be done. Yeah, I agree with you. I really do think that is key. Um, I know from my past experience of um, job interviews that I've gone to and people can um, guess by my CV or my address that I am a military spouse and it has impacted me negatively. So actually, yes, it's a fantastic idea to build up the, the spouse and to, you know, um, 
sort out their background and their CV and grow them that way. But actually the key to it is, is for people to recognize that we are a really valuable part of society. We've got so much to offer, whether that's running your own business or whether that's um, going out there and getting a job. So you are obviously running your own business and you are a military spouse and your husband is operational um, and you have children. How on earth are you finding the time to do all these things? And what motivates you to keep going? I don't. Um, I get very teary when I talk about it because it, it, it's people always criticise me for being emotional. But there's been some uh, case studies um, in the last few years that have, have just kept me going. Um, you know, from the, the, the chap that helped me when we first set up, my angel investor, um, who lost, went out to Afghanistan with 30 and came back with five that went injured or killed, um, you know, to wives that husband is suffering from severe post-traumatic stress, to sadly, you know, wives that um, have reached out to me actually personally quite recently, a few years ago now, um, said, oh, I need to get a job, I need to get a job, I'm a nurse. And I didn't get back to her because we were so busy trying to help wives and sadly she committed suicide. Um and it wasn't obviously that wasn't the reason, but you see that the trauma and and so much along the way that you just have to keep going. You can't, you know, I'm I'm just merely a vehicle. I'm not actually. There's nothing special about me at all. I mean, if you saw my house and the chaos and the haphazard way of running my you know my children now are very much quite self dependent. You know, they they do so much themselves because they have a mum who doesn't really do much for them. And you know, um, my husband and I's time that we have is very snatched. We we literally he's always away um and it's very difficult away from fat as you know every military wife is away from families and friends and and most days i'm thinking how on earth do i keep going but i just i just have to because these people um to use the word inspiring is probably not even doesn't even touch it but they are remarkable in the way that they just deal with it and they carry on and the stories um that i take with me on a daily basis just propel me forward really oh that's got me. And also from somebody who has obviously read up about you and researched you for this podcast, um, I just want to say that what you have achieved and what you're doing for us is um, so brilliant. I've read your your 26 page report um, that you give to employees that you mentioned before. Um, and the things that you're doing is just making such a difference because I was so lost feeling like somebody's plus one and not having my own identity. Um, and it's people like you, the key people that are really working behind the scenes and talking to the right people that are really making a difference. So from little old me to you, I just need to say thank you for that. Well, thank you. And it, yeah, it doesn't, yeah, it's, it means a lot, but I, I really don't believe that it's, you know, you sort of, you know, met the ice maidens at one day, the ladies that went across Antarctica. And I remember queuing up and seeing them at this uh, conference at, M at MOD. And I, and I thought, oh, gosh, I should get their autograph. And I thought, oh, no. And then I went up to say, oh, gosh, I feel a bit starstruck. And I said, I feel really, I said, I'm really embarrassed. I said, you, you guys are amazing. It's so inspiring to hear your story. She said, Helleth, you're amazing. What are you doing? And I just, I felt really embarrassed at that point because I thought, you know, but it's so true that I feel inspired. They just keep me going. But it is so important. There's nothing special about me at all. And, you know, I make mistakes like everybody else and I get frustrated with the system. I get frustrated with the things that just aren't happening enough for spouses. But again, it's it's the it's the people who are doing well that I just that make me keep me going, really. Yeah, definitely. No, I definitely agree with that. Um, so you were talking about how, you know, you, you, you keep going and they are um, they kind of bolster you to keep going. So it's really hard running a business. Well, I find it particularly difficult. Um, I love it and I get inspired by it and it powers me on. But what would you say um, 
other high points? What are the biggest success that you've had to date? Um, honestly, the biggest success is just keep staying here, just keep going. Um, I, I honestly believe that that's a call that when you get that phone call saying she's got the job, uh, you know, for me, that's the biggest success. And, and to see other spouses like you, there's so many other brilliant businesses out, out there. And, you know, when, when we're speaking to the wives and partners, um, I, I feel embarrassed sometimes because I think, gosh, they should be working. Um, you know, we had a lady once who was the private, you know, sort of PA to, um, the Beckhams and she really struggled to get work and she said oh gosh you know it's the worst thing you can have on your CV is is working for somebody like that because it's so high profile and we've had you know spouse that work for the royal household and it's really tough for them to just get a normal job and and I think when they do get work that where they feel valued and where they they realize that there's an employer that gets behind them um it's such a boost and i think for me that's the biggest success of the business is that it can facilitate that it can it can aid that to happen yeah and also the serving personnel is happy i found that with my husband that because i'm busy and content and doing all the things that i'm doing um he can go off to the wherever on earth he is at the moment um but he knows that when he's away that i'm at home and i'm doing my thing and i have my purpose and that i'm content and that he doesn't have to worry so much when he comes home six weeks later and says we're moving to scotland or wherever we end up moving um that i've got my own thing that's a really important point to make as well just because i was sent anonymously actually a few years ago um a, a, a photocopy of a um and bizarrely it was anonymous i don't know who sent it to me but it was a, a cutting from a um world war one and it was a newspaper cutting and it was a photo photocopy of it and it basically said it was a letter to um Safa saying um could you, uh, we, we recommend that you go to your um, Toms and your, uh, the wives of our Toms and you give them jobs to do like <laughs> darning socks and uh, keeping, basically it was, it was, it was um, asking uh, for, I think it was Safa to keep the wives and partners busy because actually by them being busy, they, they had their minds off it. And a lot of wives have said to me that when they're actually working and focused, a lot of companies and businesses think, oh God, they're not, you know, they're going to be worrying about this. But actually they're so resilient and so resourceful when they are working and earning, you know, 50 pound, a hundred pound a week, whatever it is they're earning, they feel empowered and actually they're focusing on something. And, you know, when my husband's away, I just open up my laptop in the evening rather than sitting watching rubbish TV, which mm -hmm. I do like doing. Um, it's actually something, yeah, it's, it give, it's giving me a purpose. It's giving me something to do. And I think, again, it, it's a focus, isn't it? And that's what we really need. We need that focus to take us away from checking the news. I mean, I was talking to a, a friend of mine the day and she said that, that she'd heard a rumor that there was something going on where her husband was. Um, so the first thing she did was open up a laptop and start working. And whereas she said before, what she would have done is check the news, check going on the website, go and, you know, go on WhatsApp, try and find out what's going on, Twitter. Worst thing you can do, just keep it. And the army's um, take or the military's take on to us as wives when our husbands are abroad doing dangerous things is not to do anything. And that's actually the hardest thing to do is not react. You know, you want to phone up your parents, you want to phone up your best friend, but you can't. And you've got to sit there. The best thing that we can do is, is throw ourselves into a project or work or something like that because it keeps us busy. And that is so, so important. Yeah. And also surely uh, for retention in the armed forces, um, keeping the family happy is a really important part of it. Sometimes I feel like um, I spend a lot of time at MOD and I do speak to a lot of the ministers. I'm, I'm banging a very, very quiet little drum, um, a little tiny little tin drum. <laughs> I'm sitting there because I'm thinking, gosh, they're talking about veterans and 
and how important it is for veterans. But at the end of the day, it's about retention and how do you keep your best people? I mean, we had a lady recently who's, and she's happy for us to talk about it, whose husband is a, a mine diver. And she said, Last few months ago, she's telling him you have to leave, you have to leave. But he's one of the last few and we've got her a job. And the reason she's got a job and she's happy and she feels empowered and she's quite happy for him now to go off. And But she was saying, I can't work. It's because of your job. So I need to work. You need to leave. But now that she's working, she's not putting pressure on him. So we believe that we are good for attention. Um, I keep saying that, but they don't quite listen. <laughs> they don't listen to that. I think they, they just see me and recruit spouses and our small team, which I haven't mentioned yet. I, I Honestly, we have a team of amazing, amazing people. And I am so proud of each and every one of them. They are incredible. I mean, I'm so lucky to have such brilliant, I mean, they're all, all their husbands are serving um, and they're all dealing on a daily basis with the dramas of, oh my God, what's happening? But we deal with it and our, our clients that we work with as well get it now that we, we've got some really, really good clients that we were, I'm not, allowed to, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to mention who they are, but they really are championing us and working so hard to ensure that spouses are put on the radar. And I think... These businesses are the ones that are the real sort of heroes in, 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 in sort of flying the flag for us, really, and, and pushing it through because if it wasn't for them that we wouldn't get any jobs. So your team, so for somebody who runs a business um, all by myself, um, who would love a big team behind me. So how, was the, how did you first get into finding your team and um, kind of letting go? Letting go is very hard. Um, I can hear uh, Victoria now who works with me her laughing because the reason she got her job was when she was pinning out the washing and she was and I said, oh, I really need some hand with data entry. Can you help? And she did. Um, but we have full, I mean, really, we've, we've, we've resourced into our own ladies who register on our website, essentially. So women, spouses who have registered with us before, um, who follow us on social media, and, and you kind of get the gist of, um, I mean, Ella, who works for us, she we were following her for years on social media and we really liked what she was putting out there and thought she was quite funny and she is quite eclectic and but she, she we've got a great way of speaking to our spouses and I think we've got really good level of engagement and I think that's the key is you know we've got um, over 1300 members now now on our private forum and that's all of those spouses are active and looking for work and it's a really good forum of spouses who share you know their trials and tribulations ask questions and it's a, it's a really free place actually for them to go so I think my team members are very much um, empowered to do the best you know and I've Becky who does all our coaching she's based up in Kinloss miles and miles away um so yeah we and also mentioning them all but we've got so many Lisa who's our navy wife who lives up in um she lives up in Helensborough she's amazing um we love Lisa <laughs> she's a real force to be reckoned with and um you know I met the submariners wives last beginning of last year and it was a real eye-opener for me to go up there and spend some time with the wives who you know they have 120 words um, I might get that wrong actually to, but it's a, essentially a telegram when their husbands are away on ops um, that's all they have they just have a telegram and it gets read um, so their communication is almost zero and those women are incredible um, and you know sitting in a room full of wives who were engineers and lawyers and uh, you know I remember one lady saying to me well I've got a job and I said brilliant because yeah I work at the local supermarket 
I said, that's fantastic. Great. She goes, yeah, but I'm a city lawyer. And, you know, another lady said, you know, I was, I had a, you know, I'm desperate to work. I just need a job. And I said, oh, it's, you know, we'll get you something. I said, what do you do before you were married? She said, I was a vet with my own practice. And then there was another lady in the corner saying, well, I was an engineer and I've tried, I can't even get a job as a cleaner. And you just say, gosh, you know, and yet these women are just dealing with it and carrying on. And I think... Going back to my team again, they they really understand, and I'd like to think they they know how to speak to them. And I, when you have that call or you you chat to them, we're on the same level as them. We say, look, we've got your back. Don't worry. We know if you're if you're having a bit of a nervous thing about an interview, or even you haven't done a CV, and and you know, I still to this day don't have a CV, and I know what it's like. I just I start and I think, oh no. So I do know what it's like if you don't have a CV and you you just haven't started, um, haven't started one. It it, it can be really difficult. So that the forum is really good because it helps with all those. We do lots of Facebook lives and help them with with all the issues that they're facing. Really, so that's quite good. Um, okay, so say that I'm a either a new spouse or I want to get back into business. Where would you recommend that I start with recruit for spouses? Well, it depends what you want, really. We, what we try and do is have a conversation with you to see what you want to do. So, say it was Jess Sands, you know, five years ago when you hadn't, you, you know, you weren't quite sure. We'd have, we'd say, you know, what is it you want to do? We have a really good coaching program um, that we've got. I think now twelve or thirteen um, coaches on there um, who. Again, they're qualified coaches, but equally a big piece of that is we coach them around military spouse life. So we give them examples of the challenges that they face, you know, because some people say, well, they, they had a really good job interview, but they didn't just turn up. I gave them, they had a call with this this great job and they didn't phone them. And, and it's it's getting them to understand our barriers and our challenges. And it's not the fact that we don't want it. It's the fact that we, we have so many barriers put in the way um, and it's getting the employees to understand that. So the coaching program is really good. So what we would probably do is if you were you know hadn't worked for a long time is is suggest that you go on this coaching program because it's free we get you to you know register and and we just keep in touch with you really um resources for us are really limited so we we just try and keep in touch via the our newsletter and and all that kind of stuff but again you then would have probably said actually i'm going to start my own business and then it would have been a case of just supporting you and you know introducing you to fen but obviously you're linked in with them um and keeping you know just keeping in touch with you really and i think that's the key is we follow the spouse as well throughout their employment and the, the employer so we we get really good intel from that as well from the employer you know we say to the employer you know have you you know how are you getting on are you happy that's quite a hard call to make actually is we phone the employer up and we say are you happy how's it going and then we speak to the spouse like are you happy how are they supporting you is it a good job um We've had that's that's where we really hear back from, you know, how's it going, touching base with the employer and the spouse. Um, we've got a lot of really good, um, interesting intel from there as well, which helps us to then support more spouses. So obviously you have done some fantastically amazing things. You've won awards. In the next five years, recruit for spouses, where are you heading? And if nothing could hold you back, where would you be? Well, funnily enough, we had um we were contacted by the Australian um government and they I was very surprised to hear that um they came over as part of the uh Winston Churchill Foundation. Um they came over to sort of research um, military spouse employment. 
And I was really fascinated, actually, that similarly, there are problems in Australia as well. And they've actually directly put um, military effectiveness, attached it to the lack of spouse employment. It it directly affects military effectiveness. I'd love to be able to say that, but I think I'd be shot down, literally. Um, (laughs) I would be, I do believe that. And I think... um, we are at a stage where we really need to support the wives in the right way. Um, and I think it's supporting organisations like us and Fen and who are doing that that good work. Um, but I do in five years, I think that as, as a kind of global element, it's definitely the case in Canada, the States, um, Australia. And we are starting now to work with an international forum and, and actually share ideas. And it's quite interesting. The same challenges are coming up. Um, and I think a lot of it is around... Um, you know, we say, for example, we military spouses don't want charity. They don't want pity. They want to be championed. They just want a chance. They want something that isn't, they're not being told you need to be here because we're constantly being told where to live, where to put our children into school. So I think it's around that whole piece around how, how we can be more liquid, I suppose, and, and move around with our support, our serving partners um, and be valued and championed. Which is brilliant because we all need a bit of championing. So we're nearing the end and it's time for the quick fire questions. Are you ready? <laughs> yes, I'm ready. Okay, I'm going to go. Who would you most like to hear from on the Independent Spouse podcast? I'd love to hear Amanda Prouse. Uh, she is a brilliant writer and I think she is fabulous. She's so inspiring, um, you know, what she's been through, what she, her, her writing. She's a military spouse, her story. I think she's fabulous. I think she'd be a great one to, to feature on this. Ah, I will look her up and keep her in mind and let her know that you have mentioned her when I um, send it out to the world. So here's a bit of a cheeky question. This is mostly because my husband is interested. Um, what's the best present your husband has ever bought you back from deployment? Can we say the worst? Because I think that's probably more where he's right. Because I wouldn't say the best, but I'd probably say the worst is uh, Rwandan gin. <gasps> I have that. Have you, <laughs> have you really got it? Oh, it's vodka or something. I think it is. Yeah. Oh, it's awful. It's, it smells like paint stripper. And um, yeah, he thinks he's great, you know, because I've got Norwegian and all sorts of different gin from all over the world. But um, this uh, particular Rwandan gin is, I'd much rather he brought back coffee, to be honest. But yeah, it's <laughs> Yes, we have a bottle of that somewhere. I have to save it uh, for a special occasion, I think. Um, so what's the most courageous thing you've done as a military entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. Um, that's a really good question. Um, I think it's, it's just, (laughs) it's telling the MOD, um, it's constantly telling them things aren't working. Um, I think, you know, I think that that's been really hard is just saying something that this, this just doesn't work for them and, and this is not what they want to hear. And I suppose the constant, um, negatives really that are thrown up within that system um i find really challenging and i i I struggle to to deal with with the not the politics i wouldn't say the politics i'd say more around the um the people that are sort of seemingly doing good but we need to be collaborative i i cannot speak any more around how we all need to be literally sat around a table and bashing it out and that's the only way things get had things change and it's not by creating more policy policy is good um a lot of money gets wasted um in the lack of um collaboration and it's i'm very up you know i'm always up for having a a sit around a big table and just really bashing it out between a, a small group of people that can really make change and i think that's something that we really need to just persist in doing because it's really important but again that's that's something that 
scares me on a daily basis because I just want to help the spouses. But I think that needs to be done. But I, it, it's uh, far too scary for me. Um, but I have to do it because nobody else is doing it at the moment. So. <laughs> I think we should all do it. I was going to say, as a, as a community of spouses, is there anything you can suggest that we could do to help make that little drum that you've got just a little bit louder? I think, I think is it, you know, the case studies is that sometimes when I'm in front of these people, they, they don't believe, they actually don't believe me when I say, you know, they, they say things like it's um, it's a matter of choice or it's just perspective or it's perception or and it's not. It's it's such a, you know, every conversation we have, you just scratch a little bit under surface um, and you find people who just on Friday I spoke to a wife who is a speech therapist and yet she's having a baby and she has no maternity. She has a statutory maternity, but she because of her husband's service, she's disadvantaged and that shouldn't happen. She's not getting any maternity pay because she's gone around so many different NHS trusts in the last so many years. And those are things that shouldn't be happening. Midwives, teachers, um, this, you know, the more case studies we can get that are sent to us, the better it is and the more we can we can really help. But sometimes I feel like I'm they, they don't believe me when I'm saying this. So, you know, we have I think we've helped over 5000 now with work and, check, you know, sort of signposting and, and various. We've got four, just over 4000 on our date on our database. So it's getting them to sort of really see the challenges. Um, and sometimes it's really hard to get them to see that as well when, when there's there's so many um, surveys and and things like that that they they have to fill out but it is really important that they're filled out um when they do come so if you do get a survey and you see a survey or you hear your husband has been sent one via work because that's inevitably what happens they get sent to their your husband's work keep filling the surveys out it's very important yes because we have a voice and it needs to be heard because it's quite an important one um so if you could go back in time to when you first started uh, what would be the one thing you would tell yourself? That's a really good question, and that that's something that made me upset again. But um, oh, no. no, no, it's fine. Only because there's been so many ups and downs in the last um, eight years, really. But is not to to give up. Not to no. if somebody would have told me where I would be now, where I was then, I would I would not have believed them because I genuinely just wanted it. To, it was a. I remember coming home um, from this coffee morning, and I remember you know. My children were tiny, tiny, and I thought, God, something has to get done. And I scribbled it, all these notes down, and I was going to call myself Recruit Army Wives. And then I thought, no, no, no that sounds a bit naff. So like, I remember, and I had this cartoon, and I look at these these things now, and I'm like, oh my God, what was I thinking? And I just had no idea, and I just knew that something had to be there for them, something had to be done. So if, if I don't know, if I knew then, I, I suppose it would be not to give up and just to um, get a really good bookkeeper, an accountant. Because they they are you know and a good team behind you. Because we've got um, Alison Edward is our bookkeeper and she's great. And I've got a fantastic accountant now. You know the support we have at Deloitte really made me understand. There's so much you know, particularly when my business was scaling up um, and it's gone from you know eight you know me on my own to sort of eight employees. Actually, the size of the organisation and the commitments and the VAT and the hate you know all those different things that are committed. And and if you've got the right people doing their job, you don't have to worry so much. And you just have to have the right people in place to do that. And I think that's key is to have a really good team behind you and trust as well as to have that trust because that's so important. Yeah, definitely. Definitely agree. Um, so the last one, if you could give one piece of advice to an aspiring military spouse, entrepreneur, what would it be? It's just to do it. And I know everybody says do it, but whatever you have, if it's crocheting or dog walking or anything that you want to do, you can do it. And I think you've just got to pull in. If, if you can manage 
all those deployments, all those moves. And if you have children as well and deal with children, family, being away from friends, family, you can do anything because actually there's organizations um, out there like KPMG and Deloitte who spend millions on making sort of their staff more resilient and resourceful. Actually, we have that in bucket loads because we're constantly put into these situations where we have to think on our feet, where we have to think about how do we do it? Where do we go? You know, we just have to be adaptable. And I think being adaptable is such a good skill to have. And if you think that you've got nothing and you have nothing, I mean, the first, going back to that first time, I remember um, wanting to, you know, earn my own money is that I spent £50 of our money um, on a haircut. And my husband said, 50 quid getting a haircut? Why do you want to spend £50 getting your haircut? And I was like, he said, mine only costs a fiver. And I'm like, yeah, well, there you go. You get your haircut every month. I get my haircut every six months. <laughs> There's a big difference. But you just having that own money, even if it is £50, whatever it is, it's so important. So don't lose hold of the fact that you can do it, whatever it is. Yeah. And it does make such a difference to um, just how you feel about yourself. Um, I always have that whenever I've got like a real challenge or I'm doing something slightly out of my comfort zone um, within my business or even my life, then I kind of look back and go, I've had nine years with my husband. I can, you know, if I can send him off to terrible parts of the world, then actually recording a podcast or writing a blog post and doing these slightly scary things isn't too scary and we're so resilient and we're so resourceful as military spouses that actually we can do anything and i think you're it's very i mean we've just run a thing with google which is a, a cv you know that sort of workshop sort of thing and one of the one of the things was around um i am remarkable and it was it was google saying to us like you know right right on a piece of paper two reasons why you are remarkable and a room full of military spouses like oh my god what an awful thing to do because actually <laughs> we are very modest because our husband's jobs are such that if they went in so you yeah, i'm really good at this and i'm really good at that but it, it it sort of it ends up it does rub off on us eventually because we we are very modest and and I found that really hard sort of going flying the flag and literally putting my my head on the parapet literally saying oh actually it's not right has been really really hard for me but I just thought I make a fool of myself anyway I've got nothing to lose <laughs> it doesn't really matter the seeing my face is horrendous but it is so important and you can do it it's just just important it is. And we have all got your back. I promise you, even though you don't hear from us very often, what you're doing for us as wives and husbands and spouses and partners is just phenomenal. So thank you so much. Thank you, Jess. And, and well done again for doing this. I think it's absolutely brilliant. There's so many people that you can talk to and inspiring ladies who are out of our radar, who are doing amazing, amazing things. And I think, you know, it, it, I cannot wait to hear all the fantastic stories. Oh, thank you. It's going to be good. I'm excited. So if I need to get in touch with you, how can I find you? So web website is the best, recruitforspouses.co.uk and Facebook. We've got a closed group, but inquiries at recruitforspouses.co.uk. If you email that email, you'll always get in touch with us somehow. Um, we have somebody on that every day. So um, yeah, that's the best way to get in touch. And we're on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and all that. So again, thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been amazing to talk to you. I have been a big fan. I've really enjoyed it, Jess. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the episode as much as I've enjoyed making it. Don't forget to pop over to www.theindependentspouse.co.uk to check out the amazing freebies that are on there. And while you're there, why not subscribe to the podcast so that you get to hear it as soon as it's released. And if you like what you hear, I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. 
It really helps spread the word so that more lovely people like you can listen to the episodes. Thank you for listening to the Independence Pass podcast. I'll be back next week with another inspiring interview. See you then.